Well, praise God, church. I am glad y'all are tuned in tonight. I'm glad you guys are here. We're going to be going into session number six tonight about the spirit of life in Christ. You know, I hope you enjoyed Pastor Wynn last week. Uh, that was a good break. But praise God, I'm, I'm excited to get back tonight and to begin to teach you more about the spirit of life in Christ. What does it mean to be saved? What does it mean to have the power of God on the inside of you and to be able to walk as a Christian victorious in this world? So let's go into prayer. Let's get started tonight and uh, we'll see what the Holy Ghost wants to bring forward. So, Father, I thank you tonight. Lord, as we've come and we've gathered from all over the world tonight to just learn more about your word, to just, Lord, sit at your feet and to hear what the Spirit of God would say to us. I pray and believe tonight, Lord God, that no matter where anybody is, no matter what they're going through in life, Lord, that you'll use these words and you'll use them to speak into their hearts. Lord, that by the power of your Spirit, you'll touch people. <clears throat> Lord, you will reach down on the inside of their heart things and issues that have been in their life. They'll begin to see that they can be free. And that, Lord, they don't have to be bound by the spirit of this world or thoughts or emotions, but, Lord, that they can be free to be the, the child of God that you called us to be. And so, Lord, I just believe you tonight for miracles. I believe you, Lord God, for eye-opening revelations of your word. I believe you, Lord God, that, that people are going to be touched and transformed. And that, Lord, all of us are going to become more like you. Because that's what it all makes a difference when we become more like you. So no matter what the problem is tonight, no matter what a person is, is going through, Lord, I just declare that you're going to deliver them. You're going to set them free with a revelation, Lord God, of your word. And Lord, I give you praise for it in Jesus mighty name. Amen. You know, it's really funny about teaching because <clears throat> over the years I've seen this and somebody told me that this happened this past Sunday, that I was preaching and going along and going somewhere. And then they asked their kids all what they they got from the message and one of them came up and had a revelation that the Lord had showed them. And uh, it didn't really have anything to do with what I was preaching. One of the stories that I'd used, but that God had turned it around, twisted. See, that's what's the greatest thing about the spirit of God. The Holy Ghost has an ability under the anointing and to come into someone's life and to begin to speak to you and talk to you and, and help you to see what you need to see. Even if the preacher's preaching about something else, God can just do that by the anointing. And so that's what I'm believing through this whole series of messages about the spirit of life, that God will just use it to speak to your heart because, man, I'm telling you what, there's revelation in the word of God that'll set you free. And that's what we all need. So get your Bibles out. Go to Romans chapter eight, verse nine. That's where we're going to start tonight. I've been going through Romans eight through this whole teaching on the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> So Romans 8 verse 9 says this, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, let's just stop there for a second. Romans chapter 8 is such a, man, a revelatory chapter. It's one of the ones that are, you know, the hallmark, the golden chapters to read. And, it, and I encourage you, take Romans 8, read it, read it, read it, read it, read it, read it until you, you can almost quote it. And then keep reading it because there's always revelation jumping off there. But, you know, so many times it says it says here, but if, if you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. That's the whole point I'm trying to make to this whole series of teaching. You have to understand being born again is not joining a church is not going to change your 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 attitude about things. It's not going to say, well, I'm going to be good from now on. No, 
being born again and making Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life is literally the spirit of the living God coming to indwell you. And that's why Jesus used the term born again. You're renewed. You're a new person on the inside. That's the power I'm talking about tapping into. It says, now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ in him, he's not his. Okay. That's pretty simple. That's about as black and white as it gets to be. You're either saved, born again, or you're not. There's no gray area. You either are or you aren't. You say, well, how do I know that I am? Well, you know that you're saved because down on the inside of you, the spirit of God bears witness with you down here on the inside of you that you're a child of God. We'll get into that a little bit more, but you should know. If you have to ask somebody, do you think I'm saved? I want to tell you, you're probably not. That may shock you. You say, I don't know. Because I've talked to people before and people will say, well, I hope I'm saved. Well, no, there's no hope in you're saved. You're either saved or you're not. And you know that you're born again. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ in him, he's not his. And if Christ is in you, listen, if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. You have to look at this church and see that when God created man, he created him as a three-part being. He created him a spirit that lives in a body that has a soul. What you see right here tonight standing before you, this is my tent. This is, the, this is what my spirit got stuck in. Can't say I'm always happy with it. I wish my body would line up. I wish I was taller. There's all kinds of things I wish I was. But this is what the real Robert Richards, the real spirit man, got stuck in. This is my tent, this flesh right here. So my spirit dominates my body, and it has to dominate my soul, which is made up of my, my mind, my emotions, and my intellect. Okay? So my spirit man's got a rule. That means when my body doesn't want to function right, I tell my body, shut up, body, you're going to function right, just like God created you. When my emotions get off, I say, emotions, soul, get hold of yourself. That's not what the Word of God says. Fear tries to grip me. That's part of an emotion. I say, no, wait, wait, soul, you're not going to go down that road. You're going to have to stop here because the Spirit of God on the inside, and this is where I want to go tonight, the Bible says that we're to be led by the Spirit of God because we're children of God. So the power of God on the inside of us is what has to propel us in life. You're always going to be in a constant battle. There's a constant battle going on between this flesh and soul and your born-again spirit. There's always going to be conflict. I mean, let's just take an easy one. The Bible says, given, it shall be given unto you. Good measures pressed together and shaken and shaken, and it'll be spilled back unto you. Okay? Well, it doesn't make sense in the natural that if you give money away, you're going to get money. Your natural man says, if I give money, I'm going to have less money. Am I right? But the Bible says, whatever man sows that he also reaps. It also says that God made all grace abound towards you, that you have all sufficiency in all things and abundance for every good work. Now, the natural man says, wait a minute, this is not right. This is not the kind of principles that needs to work. This is not right. But you got to understand what the spirit man says. Because the spirit man is what's going to lead you because the spirit man is what is in tune with what the word of God says. And that's where the power comes from. 
You don't have any power in your soulish realm unless you're using it for evil. Listen to what I'm saying. You cry and you manipulate so you can get your way. That's a soulish thing, and it's done in power to get and obtain what you want. You get angry. Uh, that's a soulish thing. That's an emotion. All right? So there is power in that, but it's power in the wrong way. What I want you to understand is the power of God on the inside of you to set your feet upon solid rock and to take your destiny where it needs to go. Now, I want to show you another scripture. Let's go to Luke chapter 8, verse 22. Another story here. Luke 8, 22. It says, Now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out, but as they sailed, he fell asleep, that he being Jesus. And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and woke him up and said, Master, Master, we're perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. But he said to them, Where's your faith? And they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, Who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. So here we go. I mean, these guys are professional fishermen. They knew how to fish. They knew what it was like being on the, on the boat. They had been out there on the lake. They knew what was going on. If they said they were perishing, they were perishing. It was bad. It was a bad storm. But isn't it interesting that there was a storm that was so bad, this ship, you know, I assume it's got to be rocking and rolling and pitching and bucking and whatever else, and water's coming in, and he's asleep. Isn't that amazing? He's just asleep laying back there. One of the other uh, uh, gospels says he was, he was on a pillow on the back, just laying there asleep. And they went and woke him up. Jesus, we're dying. Well, it's funny about this is because <clears throat> wouldn't you think that if you believe that Jesus was the son of God and he was in the boat with you, that if you were going to die, <laughs> then he was going to die too. If the boat was going to get capsized, he's going in the water too, right? But now they panic and they get him up because, see, they're only looking the natural. They're only looking at their own power, their own strength, their own ability within their own flesh to bail water or to navigate the boat or to keep it pointed into the waves or whatever they were doing. They knew that they, were, they had no ability. This is really a great place to be because the moment you begin to realize that you cannot get it accomplished in your flesh, your strength, you cannot with your intellect think and reason what is going to happen. And you solely have to run to Jesus in the back of the boat, wake him up and say, I need help. You're in a good place because you're just about to learn the difference between walking in the flesh and walking in the spirit. OK, so. It's funny that Jesus's answer to him was, man, where's your faith? Like like Jesus is reprimanding them. It's not like he is. He was reprimanding them like they should have already gained this knowledge. Right. They should have already been smart enough to and wise enough to understand, hey, everything's going to be OK. Just keep the boat going in that direction. Jesus in the back. It's going to be all right. Get that water out of there as much as we can. You're going to be OK. Jesus with us. He's saying you guys should have learned that. And I feel like there's so many Christians that are tormented in their souls and tormented in their minds and tormented in their flesh. And, 
And the whole time they are born again, they are saved. They do have the power of God residing on the inside of them, but they don't use it. They don't use what's at their disposal. They don't go to Jesus and grab hold of the hem of his garment and say, Lord, heal me. But they walk defeated. And that's what I don't want. This whole series is about after these 14 weeks are over, I'm just believing God that there's going to be a new zest in your life because you're going to be saying, wait a minute, there's power on the inside of me. I can walk victorious. We're all going to get harassed. We're all going to, there's going to be thoughts come. There's going to be obstacles. There's going to be stumbling blocks. There's going to be things in life, but you have the power residing in you to overcome it and be victorious. Now, I want to go to another Go in the book of Romans, chapter five. I want you to look at verse one for a second. Romans five, one. One and two, actually. It says, therefore, having been justified by faith. Therefore, having been justified by faith. Therefore, having been justified by faith. You see, if you're questioning whether you're right with God, then I'm telling you, you've not used your faith to be right with God because the only way you can be justified is by faith. By faith in Jesus that he is the son of God. By faith, Jesus paid the price for you. By faith that his blood washes you and redeems you from your sins. He says, by, justified by faith, what happens? We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have access, we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. If God says that I'm justified by the blood of Jesus, then who am I to question that? But you see, religion takes us off into an area that you have to be doing this, 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 and this, and this in order to be justified before God. But that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible says that a person is justified by faith in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. God made the rules. I just want to walk in them. Okay. So if just hear me out, because I think some people are listening to me tonight or maybe even listening this whole time thinking, man, this guy's nuts. I mean, this is too easy. I don't know how this could be. You know, you got all these thoughts coming to you and say, yeah, yeah, that works for the preacher, but it ain't going to work for me. But I'm telling you, that's a lie from the pit of hell. What I want you to understand is tonight is that if God says I'm justified by faith, well, then why isn't it true then that it, the spirit of life resides on the inside of me, that it quickens my mortal body, that it sets everything in order, that by my speaking, I can see mountains move and, and, and obstacles get out of the way because of the spirit of life on the inside of me. Why doesn't it stand to reason that if one is, the other is too? That's my... My uh, statement I put before the jury tonight to say, listen, this is my argument in this thing. One can't be right and say, well, yeah, you might get into heaven, but I don't think God's going to do anything. Right. Then the word's not true. All I'm doing is taking the word and we're reading and looking at the word tonight. Okay, so I want you to go Old Testament for just a minute because there's a beautiful story in here. You probably know it, but you're going to hear it again tonight. Go to the book of Esther, chapter five. If you don't know where the book of Esther is, go look in the front of your Bible down the index, find it, Esther. Chapter five, verse one. So I don't have to read the whole story. Let me just tell you quickly that 
You know, uh, if you the book of Esther is a beautiful book to read. It shows the power of God, shows what God can do. But the king had his his queen had made him mad and she was out and he went out to the land. They found all the beautiful women, brought them in there. And Esther was chosen to be the new queen. Well, in those days, you could not approach the king unless you had been summoned by the king to come in or that he had a scepter and that if he extended to you the golden scepter, then you could come in. But if he did not, he had, I guess, big bodyguards that took you. That was into you. Okay, so Esther has to go see the king. She has not been summoned to see the king. All right. She had no reason, no right to go in there to see the king. But she had to go talk to the king because the Jewish people were about to be annihilated because of some things that had happened by some wicked people. And so she had to go talk to the king. And, and Mordecai, her uncle, tells us, well, you know, for a time such as this, as you were born, basically, girl, get in there and do your best. So it says it not happened on the third day that Esther put on her royal robe. She stood in the inner court of the king's palace across from the king's house. And while the king sat on his royal throne in the royal house facing the entrance of the house, so it was that when the king saw Queen Esther standing in the court that she found favor in his sight, and the king held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand, and Esther went near and touched the top of the scepter. Now, beautiful story here. I understand none of us Deserve, the, deserve to go to heaven. None of us deserve to be in the presence of the king who created the heavens and the earth and all that. And none of us do. None of us deserve a heavenly father that is absolutely all love because we're all sinners. We all make mistakes. But it really doesn't make any difference what you think. If you've entered into the king's palace and he extended to you the scepter, boy, you're in. And what I want you to understand is we wrestle and wrestle about salvation. Oh, God, does God love me or whatever? I'm telling you tonight, church, this scepter has already been extended by the blood of Jesus to you. And you're in. You're in the kingdom. There's no, well, he might be mad today. No, you've already gotten favor through your faith and belief in Jesus Christ. The scepter has been extended towards you. So then why wouldn't God be working on your behalf? And the devil loves to come in and he loves to take us and he loves to, to twist us around and say, well, you know, I, I did this the other day and it wasn't that good. Or, oh, gosh, I shouldn't have said that. Or I did this or I did that. And he wants to keep us bound in this fleshly arena where there's no victory. When the spirit of life is on the inside of us and we have the ability to say, no, no, shut up emotions. Be quiet, flesh. Be quiet, soul. I'm going to walk and learn to be led by the Spirit. Philippians 4. Go there. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Another verse you probably know, but let's look at it here. It says, be anxious for nothing. Wow. <laughs> I mean, are we all not just guilty right there? Be anxious for nothing. Wow, if that's the mark set, think how far we're missing it. Be anxious for nothing. Mm. Wow. I mean, we could just all repent right now and just turn the mess, turn, turn TV off and just go to bed and say, oh, God. Because every one of us would get anxious. Things come about, world comes about, dealing with money or situations or, you know, going off to college and what's there and what are we going to expect? And, <gasps> 
We get anxious, right? But the Apostle Paul says what? Be anxious for nothing. That needs to sear into your minds tonight. The goal, the mark, that the spirit of life on the inside of you, the born again spirit of God on the inside of you, the mark that he wants you to be living in, don't be anxious for anything. God's got you covered. Wouldn't that be freeing? Let's just think of this. Wouldn't that be freeing to say, ah, it's okay, it's all going to work out. Everybody's like, what is this? This person over here is just doesn't have any cares. And well, who is that? You know, just simpleton just goes and thinks he can just walk around and not be worried. I mean, you better be worried. You don't know what's coming. Right? But the apostle Paul sitting there saying, no, just be anxious for nothing. Be careless, not careless like stupid, but not having a care. But in everything by prayer and supplications, here we go. Look, by everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ. So here we go. He's given us the first indications here of how do you live a life led by the Spirit? Because that's what it told us in Romans 8, that we're to be led by the Spirit, not by our heads, not by our flesh, not by our emotions. We're to be led by the Spirit. So he gives us the first things to do here. Prayer, supplication. What's the difference between prayer and supplication? I put it this way. In, 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 in Robert Richards' vernacular here. Prayer is me talking to God. Hey, God, how's it going? <clears throat> Love you. Praise you. Thank you for saving me, man. You're awesome. God, I'm so glad you're with me. I'm so glad you're taking care of everything. Uh, supplication in this, and I don't know if you've noticed, but there's an issue going on over here. <laughs> right? I went, I changed from prayer. Now I'm in supplication. I'm saying uh, there's some issues over here need to be taken care of. Oh, by the way, uh, I really freaked out and messed up the other day. Can we get that taken care of that mess over there? Okay. And then the end of it's Thanksgiving saying, God, I just thank you. I thank you that you take care of me. I thank you that you're right there in the boat with me. I thank you that we're not sinking. We're not going to sink. I don't care what the storm looks like. I don't care how much water's in the boat. I don't care that my shoes are wet. Lord, you've got it taken care of. Everything's going to be okay. God, I thank you. I just give you praise and thanks for everything you're doing. Lord, you're so amazing. See, now you've entered that. This is how you begin to walk being led by the Spirit. Without prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving, you're led by your head. You're led by the voice of reason. Now, I've seen some people, and I call it the grocery list. <clears throat> I don't like the grocery list. I do believe that we need to, you know, when we have needs, the Bible says, ask your Heavenly Father for them, right? But to, to, for your whole relationship and communication with your Heavenly Father to only be a grocery list, right? I need, 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 I need. You know what's interesting is I remember as a little boy uh, staying with my grandparents. And uh, my, my grandmother, she would, wow, just listen to this, order groceries on the telephone. And then they would deliver them to the house. This is in the early 70s. What a novel idea. Oh, let's order our groceries and then drive over there and they bring them out and put them in our car. And now they're delivering them. They don't deliver them here, but they do. But that was a normal thing. She would get on the phone. She'd, get, she'd order. She'd call them, talk to them. Yeah, can you give me this, 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 this? And then boom, you know, a little bit. There'd be a knock on the back of the door. There was a grocery boy. He'd have the groceries, put them all in there, bring them in there. It's just 
way it was done. Now think about that. Is that the kind of relationship we want with God? That we only want to order groceries and him bring them into the house and put them in there. And then you say, bye-bye, I'll see you later. No, it's not what God's want. God's wants us to have a life of prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving with him so that we can learn this fellowship of the spirit and begin to learn what it really means to be led by the spirit. So praise God. I, I hope this session, this is session number six. I hope that helped you. Hope it blessed you. Hope it gets you in the right place. You got to understand. I want to pray for you now. So, so don't turn off your set. Don't go walk away and get a glass of tea right now. Hold on. Because I want to pray for you. Because I believe that the revelation that Jesus has already handed the scepter, he's already extended the scepter towards you, and that you're saved, you should, that should root out everything in your minds about any questions you have. And now that you get that out of your mind, now you can start doing what Philippians says, be anxious for nothing. That's the next goal, be anxious for nothing. So let me pray for you, and let me believe God to just touch you right there where you're at. Just get in faith with me right now as I pray. Heavenly Father, I just pray for people tonight. I pray anyone out there, Lord God, watching this broadcast that doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, that they'll catch the revelation tonight that we're justified by faith, not by works, but by faith. And they'll ask you, Jesus, to come into their life and you'll touch them right where they are. Lord, those that have struggled in their salvation, struggled in the doubts and unbeliefs about, you know, am I really going to heaven? Am I really right with God? Lord, tonight those will be taken away. And that bondage and that entrapment that the devil wants to get them into, it'll be taken completely away, Lord God. And that they will no longer walk in torment and walk in fear, but they'll walk in faith. And Lord, I ask you to bless them this night. I ask you, Lord God, that we desire, we're telling you tonight, we desire to learn to be led by the Spirit and to learn what prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving is all about. And so, Lord, I praise you tonight. I ask you to bless them, pour yourself out upon them, Lord God, and, and, and put a freshness of your spirit within their life, Lord, like they've never known before. Bless them tonight, Lord. Bless their giving. Bless their businesses. Bless their lives. And Lord, I give you praise for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.